Oh, hey, I'm glad you're here. So the weekend battle to the death. I'm just kidding. Let's talk 90s action movies. So in the 80s, we get established action heroes who don't abide by laws, and the only way of arguing a point is with growingly enormous explosions and witty quips. Think Commando, Predator, Die Hard, or Robocop. In the 80s, you also have smaller studios trying to ape the success of those films like Southern Comfort, Troma's War, Rotor, maybe Battle Truck. However, it's the direct-to-video 90s that holds a special place in my heart, especially once Jackie Chan starts making waves on American soil. And the reason is, it's all about the choices. From the fashion to the choreography, from the writing to the acting, and all the limitations from ability to budget. The final products are more often than not a joy-inducing gem. This season alone, we've discussed Undefeatable, and now this film. And I knew there was only one man, nay, one being, that could have my back with such a foe. Wait, I'm sorry. Now we're against the film. I like it. I lost the metaphor. Why aren't you better? So let's just get right to it. The film is Blood Moon. The guest is Sean Baby. And this is VHS Presents New Releases and Late Returns. and welcome to VHS Presents New Releases and Late Returns, our casual format where we champion what is currently bringing us joy in the realms of entertainment before we take a late return to a forgotten gem. I'm your host, Dirk Marshall, and as always, I encourage you to find us on Twitter and Instagram at VHUS underscore podcast. My guest for this episode is television... VHUS! I just got that. <laughs> that is cute. Thank you. My guest for this episode is television Sean Baby of the Internet. Thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Full disclosure, Dirk and I are old pals from That's Portland. Right. It's been many years since we've been in touch, but we were weekly drinking buddies, at least once a week drinking yes. buddies for many years. Oh, yeah. I wrote down that you're a kind sir who I've eaten more burritos near than many and the only living person that my wife has dance battled. That sounds vaguely familiar. By yeah. the time your wife and I were dance battling, that had to have been one-ish in the morning Yeah. after lots of cocktails. We used to go to a place called the Embers in Portland where you'd get a shot of schnapps and a PBR chaser, and that was one dollar, one American dollar. So it'd be like, I'll take two of those, which is four drinks, Yes. and then you give them a five, and that's a reasonable tip. Yep. We would just get plowed for 20 bucks. Yeah. So that was our Wednesday ritual for, God, must have been... Five straight years. Yes. <laughs> so, like, you could do the math on that burrito. That's what two hundred fifty burritos. I yes. think on Twitter you said something like forty burritos. I'm like, dude, that is. It seems low. Yeah. yeah. Quintuple that. Yes, it's true. It was such a crazy evening that our mutual friend JL would keep the straws from every cocktail, so we knew how many drinks he'd had. Yeah, and they figured out we were doing that. I think one of the bartenders got super pissed at me once. I had like thirteen straws. Yes which was not that big a deal to me. That's how much we drank functioning alcoholics. 13 yeah. drinks was like, yeah, this is a totally average party night. I was fully lucid when he took it from me. I'm like, dude, I don't see the need to do that. Right. All that does is make it so there's not enough room to put more liquor in my next drink. <laughs> how am I going to keep track now? Right. Now I'm going to have 37 drinks in me. That's your fault. Yeah. And I can still break dance. I can still break dance. How it is. I can't anymore. I probably wouldn't try break dancing. No. This, I would have to walk out of the dance floor holding my back. Yes. I'd try but. to do the worm and just smash my face into the ground. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'd bust my chin right open. I'd be completely paralyzed from the waist down. Yes. Anyone that doesn't know, SeanBaby.com, 1-900-HotDog.com. You're SeanBaby.com on Twitter. Any other handles I can throw out there? Yeah, our main project now, me and Brockway from Cracked and Lydia Bug, also from Cracked. We do a site called 1-900-HOT-DOG. We do your thing every now and then. We take weird old cursed artifacts and just talk about them, make jokes. Sometimes we do weird mash-em-ups of original ideas and things. Our podcast is called The Dog Zone 9000. Yes. The best yeah. theme song ever. <laughs> Thank you. It is so good. I hum <laughs> it. It's stuck in my brain. One question I had was, I was on a Discord with a bunch of other podcasters, and I was giving you props for the recent all-text Spider-Man game episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I thoroughly enjoyed both those games so much. They're so frustrating. And the person that I was talking to was like, oh, I've read Sean Baby's articles forever, and I thought the podcast was only Patreon. And I was like, I don't know, there's episodes on iTunes. So what's the situation there? Okay, the podcast is free for everybody, ad-free. We make our living through Patreon, 
And then two to three of our articles every week are free for everybody. And then if you're a Patreon, you get the other two. There's not a ton of rhyme and reason which ones we make free. Usually it's the best ones, but sometimes we like, hey, this one's so good. We're going to make them pay for this one. Podcast free. We also do a bonus podcast. Maybe that's what they're thinking of because that one is just for the patrons. Okay. But to be honest, those are generally us fucking around. Like I'll pick up a book and we'll just riff on it. So if you don't catch those, you're missing some fun, but you're not missing anything vital. Not like when we did a podcast series on Megan Wants a Millionaire, that 2000s era reality show where one of the contestants was a murderer. And we went through and watched the show, uh, including the two that didn't get released because, of course, the murder. Right. We had Brockway try to figure out which person on the show murdered, and he almost got it. He had it narrowed down to the top two. That's the kind of thing we do. It's a true crime podcast, 1% of the time. Yeah. We're all over the place. We read that to get your podcast really popular, you need to focus on an idea like you've done. And then people like know what to expect and know what to tune in for. And we haven't done that. And I think it's working out fine for us. Yeah, I think so. I love the randomness of not knowing what it is, because really the reason the person listens is for you and Brockway and any guests that you have. So we are treats. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And your Frank Duke's knowledge is, is unparalleled. It will absolutely get me sued by Frank Duke someday. (laughs) Yeah, I do have a question for you regarding (laughs) what you've always done. When you write about someone's book or whatever, and you're showing parts of it, can they sue you for that? Or As long as you're talking about it and you're making it very clear, hey, this is their thing and I'm making fun of it or doing some journalistic-like thing about it. Yeah. Fair use is pretty broad. It's generally okay. However, if you do write a book and people are making fun of it, you can usually contact their service provider and say, hey, they stole my book. I'm going to cease and desist. And they will just completely cave instantly because it's just not even worth calling a lawyer to put right. a fuck you on a letterhead. <laughs> okay. That's a $250 phone call that no one's going to make. Okay. So that's a hot tip for assholes uh, out there. <laughs> I was wondering that. Generally, no one messes with it because it almost never goes well. If someone has to send us a cease and desist. That's a troubling email that nothing will come of. But then we also make fun of them again for this for their feelings getting hurt over us <laughs> making fun of them the first time. Yeah. It happens a lot more often to YouTube creators. People on YouTube are just constantly, that's half their day if you're making YouTube content is fighting people doing that. Two seconds of a theme song and now suddenly all the money you make goes to CNC Music Factory. Right. You know. Well, Civilies and Cole do need that money, so. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Freedom made so many people. Follow them on Patreon. Sweat until he bled, so. Um, <laughs> Before we get to the new releases, it's of the utmost importance that we tackle the most important thing in the world, which is the big question. These are listener questions submitted via Twitter. So if you'd like to submit, find us on the Twitters. Chosen at random for this episode. So this big question comes from Lindsay Wilkins, who's Reading Geek on Twitter, host of the Schlock and Awe podcast. They say, what movie would be better if it were set in Portland? Hmm. Yeah. I wasn't prepared for this. I didn't know that we were thinking about this. I don't know if I have a funny answer for that. Yeah. Uh, The thing I like about Portland is that everyone's putting in the effort to be weird. Yeah. So I guess a movie like The Warriors would be really good in Portland because I think the the gang themes would be totally like outer edge. Yeah. And like that would be an arms race to be the weirdest gang. (laughs) Yes. Oh, here comes the baristas down the street. And they're like, oh, dude, here comes the unicycle baristas <laughs> yeah. in clown makeup. You're like, okay, okay, these guys are... They're wielding hot wets or whatever people are drinking that are lattes. That's so hot close. Hot wets, yeah, yeah. I'm having a hot wet right now. <laughs> I get mine with just like a splash of lime. Yes. I was going to say Running Man, so we're like on the same page, really. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we're age contemporaries. We have the same... Same references, yes. <laughs> but yeah, Running Man would be fantastic in Portland. Yeah, yeah, I would love it. Which brings us to the new releases, and we start with print. Is there anything you're reading currently? I've been reading a lot of 70s pickup guides for work, but also, you know, to keep my wife on her toes. Right, good. I like when seduction was just running up to women in grocery stores and being, put your feet in my mouth. (laughs) Yes. Because why not? Give it a shot. It's a numbers game, right? And I like how that advice was so good that dozens of people put it in a book. Right. But no, I have a real one. Uh, and I promise it'll be the last time I'm sincere. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow by Tom King and Bilky Evely. It's fantastic. All of Tom King's work, it's too brilliant for a comic book. Mm. But it's not as weird or impenetrable as some of the stuff can be for what do you call them, normal heads. I don't think I'd recommend Vision or Mr. Miracle to just anyone or Sheriff of Babylon or Rorschach. Tom King gets a little multi-layered and twin peaksy. Okay. But this Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, is a pretty straight adventure revenge story that anybody would love. Everybody should read it. It's very smart, high art. Ooh. And Bilky Evely's an artistic genius as well. She has a Final Fantasy Yoshitaka Amano thing to her art. 
And it's so good. Probably the best Supergirl story that will ever be. This will be the comic book Supergirl fans will hand to their friends 30 years from now. The final issue just came out and or they announced the graphic novel if you want to wait for that. Okay, awesome. I don't know. Are you a comic book guy, Dirk? It depends on the artwork. Okay. So did that strike your fancy, the Yoshitaka Omano reference? Yes, that did. The last thing I read was Shudder by Joe Keening and Layla Del Duca. Mm -hmm. I had Layla Del Duca on the podcast, so I, that's how I know about her work. And so mm -hmm. I follow things that way. That's usually how I find movies, music, anything. is like one person involved. I'm like, I like this, and I go that direction. Okay. okay. Well, Tom King, almost everything he writes is brilliant. I'm just saying, like, if you're coming into it cold without like, having a keen eye for comic book storytelling, like you're going to be like, dude, what is going on in this <laughs> Mr. Miracle comic? Hardcore nerds. He does write Batman. I think Robert Pattinson cited his Batman as his main inspiration for the new movie. Oh, so did you see the new Batman? I don't go to the theaters yet. Yeah. I, don't. I mean, we're still kind of locked down. Yeah. My kid just got vaccinated. So we're sort of yes. trying out the whole outside thing mm -hmm. after it's weird. What? Two or three years of not doing that? Yep. It's super weird. Okay. Well, I am reading The Good, <laughs> The Tough, and The Deadly. This oh. is uh, action movies and stars from the 60s till now. It is a big book. So I'm just digging through it piece by piece, actor by actor. Did you find any new hot tips in there? I mean, there's... of actors you hadn't followed or. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's names I don't know. And then it's got all the big ones. They got the Chuck Norris's and the whatnots. But mm -hmm. I know I'm going to find some much like what we're talking about today, for sure, within there. And then that brings us yeah. to music. Do you have anything okay. musically that you're enjoying? Doesn't have hey. to be brand new. Well, that's good because I don't listen to a ton of brand new stuff. Same. You like Billy Ocean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You know that song, Lover Boy? Yes. Okay. It goes like this. I'm going to get you copyright striked here. It goes, want to be your lover, lover, lover boy. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the music video for that <laughs> is about a lizard guy on a space beach. And he goes into a Star Wars cantina cave okay. and he rescues a dark crystal puppet from these evil TV head scoundrels. Uh -huh. And I think Billy Ocean is the lizard, but he's definitely a Han Solo guy somewhere else singing about how he wants to fuck you. It's fantastic. Wow. My buddy Brockway showed that to me a few weeks ago and I'm like, how did I miss this? <laughs> it's transcendent art. I have Way to better this. than Tom King and Bilky Evely. Fantastic. He also did one called Get Out of My Dreams, Get Into My Car, oh, yeah, which yeah, I'm yeah. sure you know. Yeah, yeah. That is a great video. He goes to a car wash and yes. he's like 40 years old at the time of this video. <laughs> he was late to the 80s. And so he's like, hey, get in my car. <laughs> and like, that's how it opens. And this very young girl is like, ah. it's hard to read her expression. I don't think she's a like classically trained actress, mm -hmm. but I think she's into it. Then he goes through the car wash and his convertible completely drowns, gets put underwater. <laughs> and then I guess the rest of the video is him hallucinating as the oxygen <laughs> cut off from his brain because like cartoon faces and everything. Yeah. And I think Billy Ocean drew them himself because they're just <laughs> not good. That's my hot music tip is Billy Ocean music videos. That's great. I love that. I only remember Get Out of My Dreams, Get Into My Car, the video. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the other video, so I'm going to have to watch that. Toot sweet. I think most of the other ones is him in a music studio or him on stage. Not super inspired. Those are the two that you want to check out. Yeah, that's excellent. I just have a couple... Jaw Division, which is spelled J-A-H Division, and it's an album called Double Terrace Apart. It's a instrumental reggae covers of Joy Division. Okay. Uh-huh. You know, I don't know if you listen to music when you write. No, never. Okay, this would be perfect for not doing that. <laughs> and then uh, the other one is the 90s band Stabbing Westward just put out a brand new album called Chasing Ghosts. It's goth industrial rock of the 90s. It's back and the same as ever. It sounds exactly like it was made in early 90s. So if Perfect. anyone's listening and they're like, I wanted more of that, it's here. It's 20, 20 years later. We could relive our 2000s era regular Wednesday night dance party. Well, actually, I'll add another one to the pile. This album from 1998 by Lassie Benthaus, which is one guy, put out an album called Pop Artificial, and it's all covers that are all glitchy synth pop kind of like stuff that we would have been dancing to back then right uh super bad is a cover be near me oh, sunshine superman the future uh ashes to ashes angie it's pretty great hmm. so anyone out there that wants to try to spell Le lessig benthaus there you go oh i'm all over it yeah i saw you hold it up and i couldn't do it <laughs> speaking of strange things let's move into games what are you currently playing Oh, I think I'm playing the same thing everybody's playing. Yeah. Fucking Elden Ring. There it is. I got to the final boss. I only tried him once. He 
spoilers, he turned into a giant fucking star axolotl and just started flying around outside my range. <laughs> I got him about two thirds dead. And then he just landed on me. And I'm like, okay, that seems like a, a pretty cheap move. And then he did it again. Then he just left again. I'm like, okay, well, I, I don't know how to fight him yet. So I'll, I'll have to watch like a YouTube video on like what to do about guy I can't reach. Yeah. I just haven't been in the mood for like 10 days to to try it again. I was so cranky about it. But uh, yeah, that is maybe the most incredible game that's that's like ever been. Everyone who plays it experiences something completely different. So weird. Uh, Every time I look something up, uh, it just makes me more confused. I'm like, how do I get there? And then I find a fact and it's just like, yeah, you need to go on the elevator of Kargoth. And I'm like, okay, how do I get to that? It's like, oh, you can't do that until this. I'm like, what is that? And then I'm like 900. I don't even remember what I started looking up. Um, it's impenetrable and I love that because I'm a cutscene skipper anyway so I'm Same. used to like a game is this, in the sweet spot when I don't know what's going on and I don't think you could know what's going on in this game yeah JL and I play almost nightly games and we just got into Elden Ring but I think we're both level 20 um, wizards or whatever you call them in the game mm-hmm. astrologers or yeah I don't understand anything that's happening or how to make anything or where we go or what we do it's very fun you gotta put your points into pep and beekeeping uh <laughs> i don't even know what those things like what it's like yeah, he, i might not be kidding he's like put it into mind or intelligence i'm like that's not the same thing and I'm, what is vigor i keep putting points in that i don't even know what yeah. i'm doing i uh, think that's your hit points so it's not a bad thing to put them in but you need right. intelligence if you're gonna be an astrologer because like you'll find a, a spell that won't let you use it unless you have a 60 intelligence or something okay so you're probably a ways away from that but but yeah that's the way to go as a wizard because the game doesn't know how to deal with you. You just kind of stand at the edge of your spell range and just yeah. sort of poke them with lasers. And they're just like, what's happening? Why did you just die? I don't know. Why did you die? Yep. Like, you wipe out entire armies. I started out with a different class and then re- learned really quickly the term uh, board and sword, which I am not a board and sword player. Okay. I didn't even use my shield ever. And uh, so I was like, I got to get out of here and get some range. So same. Yeah, I think that the game is too massive for that. You, t- for that type of time investment for me because like yeah. i I played that way in the first dark souls game uh but there's only like 11 dudes you learn their timing and you learn their patterns and this was just like well okay there's 780 guys <laughs> yeah and and so i'm like okay i don't i don't know how to figure out the animation for all those guys and also like lead a meaningful life <laughs> yes if you caught me when i was 12 i'd be like fuck yeah i'll, I'll just memorize all these patterns but uh i'm a grown-ass man i got a kid to take care of i got right Shit to write. I got jokes about <laughs> Gary Daniels to write. Right. Well, you certainly fucking do Fucking around sword and board and all day. <laughs> Which brings us to television. Anything in the TV realm, episodic, that you're watching? I think my TV tip I usually give people for the best, most underwatched show is Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. Have you seen that? No. It's like an adult swim show from 10, 12 years ago. It's kind of like a corporate dystopia satire set in hell. Okay. There's hardly any bummers in it. It's so weird and so funny. There's a couple of blah, this one sucks. But for the most part, just genius absurdity. Right now, I look forward to Severance every week. Okay. Which is another one that I don't know if anyone's watching. It's on Apple TV and no one uses that. Is that the one Ben Stiller's directing? Yeah, Ben Stiller okay. directs it. It's got Am Scott. It's about people who go to this terrible dystopian capitalist thing. It's like your pretty face goes to hell, but without as much absurdity. That not, That's not... Entirely correct. It's a very strange show. John Turturro and Christopher Walken are fucking, so there's something for the ladies. <laughs> like they're and, a couple? Yeah, they're a romantic couple. Sort of. It's hard to say because when you go to work at this place, they turn off your brain. So you don't know who you are outside. And you're basically born again, but you're kind of a functioning adult. Like basically everyone goes to work with amnesia and they can function at work. And then they go home and lead a totally separate life. Weird. And that's the premise of the show. So it's kind of a Black Mirror style premise it's just very strange anyway okay i don't want to it's hard to talk about that spoiling i guess it's like elden ring where you're like <laughs> uh, it's super weird but i don't want to tell you about it because you should see it yourself it does sound like elden ring in a way the other day jail was riding the, his horse or something and he's like i can't even explain to you what i'm seeing right now <laughs> yeah yeah it's, like, it's such a weird okay. game okay <laughs> uh, i have no tv I haven't been watching any episodic anything right now. We're in between shows. We'll just jump mm. right to movies. Okay. Any movies that you've seen lately? I kind of watch a little of everything. Uh, recently, I was watching uh, Legend of Rollerblade 7. Have you ever seen that film? No. By a guy named Donald G. Jackson, starring Stallone and Estevez. 
Uh, Frank and Joe, I okay. should make that clear. Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, the director doesn't really believes in, in scripts or choreography or Perfect. any of that filmmaking stuff. So it's mostly rollerblading and driving. Uh, anytime something specific is supposed to be happening, uh, it's a 35 minute puzzle of confusing shots that make no sense. <laughs> and I don't think he edits either because it ends with the same car leaving seven or eight different times. Oh, yeah. But maybe it's like madness and apathy are meant to be part of the narrative. Like maybe that's part of his filmmaking statement. The world itself is a stupid failure like him. There it is. I don't I don't know. Art's fun. Yeah, I'll check that out for sure. Uh, I'm surprised you you don't know about it. It's like, I, I can't believe I think it. he made it in the 90s. He made a couple like it where he would obviously bank on the bankability of the name Stallone and hope no one noticed and said Frank. Oh, you... And it's just a post-apocalypse like, you know, oh, you got a Frank Stallone right there. Yeah, it looks like Cobra. Clash of the Ninjas and they put Cobra on the cover and he's Cobra not and a couple in, of ninjas. He's not in the movie. <laughs> See, that's excellent. That's like... One of those Uganda posters. Yes. Yeah, the Ghana ones are so funny. Um, movies, let's see. Uh, I watched No Exit, which is on Hulu. It's about a girl who escapes rehab to see her mom in the hospital, but she gets stuck in a snowstorm. It's fine. Fresh. That sounds miserable. <laughs> yeah, Fresh, which is a lady dates a guy who sells human meat. That's on Hulu as well. I know because these well, all just played. that's the Sebastian Stan one, right? I think. It, they, I don't know. They all played back to back, and my wife and I were just like, oh, another movie's on. <laughs> So <laughs> that's just okay. what we saw. We were watching the Ben Affleck movie, the new, supposedly it's an erotic thriller. It's not an erotic thriller. Movie. I saw the trailer for that where she just gives him a hand job for a half a minute. That's about as erotic as it gets, I guess. Unless you like snails, there's some snails, but not in an erotic way. It's not good. Speak for yourself. Yeah. And then Sarah had two friends over and I showed them Get a Ven, a.k.a. Champagne and Bullets, a.k.a. Road to Revenge, the 1993 John DeHart film. And um, when my wife came out and we were watching it, she looked at it and said, why does this look so bad? Why are these people terrible at acting and why are you watching it? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. A lot of tough questions. Like, wow. Yeah. I got to start from the beginning, sweetheart. Yeah. I was like, well, okay. First of all, it's called Get Even because they didn't put the space between Get Even. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I thought it was a foreign movie. That yeah. I love it even more that it's Get Even because they forgot. Yeah. You haven't seen what? this movie? What's the director's name? It's John DeHart. John DeHart. Was he also a lawyer? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know that guy. The, the black tank top guy. Yes, yes, yes. That, yes. Uh, yes I was yes, like, I'm... there's no way in all of yeah, your yeah, internet yeah. dumb you haven't crossed paths with this thing. Yeah, of course. I've never watched his movies, but I know exactly who it is. He's on my list of possibilities to maybe do an article on with Brockway or something. Yeah, yeah. If you do, I firmly believe the Gedevin cut is the best cut. It's out on Blu-ray now, so it's not hard to find anymore. But that Blu-ray has the Champagne and Bullets and the Road to Revenge cuts as well, which I don't think are as good as the original because it's like, that was his vision and you watch it that, and you're like, Right. holy smokes there's a part where a dog has a little karate belt on and it's walking on its back legs oh. while he feeds it butter and you're just like what hell yes is this have you seen karate dog yeah okay good yeah and that's went, what that reminds me of of course i have this disease where if there's things that are similar i need to put it all together in my head so mm -hmm. all the karate type dog movies there's a couple different ones i had to go through all of them i did the same thing with blood moon which is why i own blood moon is because i bought a movie called blood moon but it was the wrong blood moon so then i just mm. bought every blood moon so that i was like well now it's a collection of blood moon. right gotta get that have a whole blood moon section yeah. yeah 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 do you have a gary daniels section in your video library i don't I only have two Gary Daniels movies. I'm a big Godfrey Ho guy, so I have a lot of the mm -hmm. Godfrey Ho movies. But Gary Daniels, I saw this movie in the late 90s, and then I didn't even think about it. I thought he was like a Jean-Claude Van Damme in my brain, but I didn't yeah. ever... I bet he looks in the mirror every night and asks that mirror what the fuck Jean-Claude Van Damme has that he doesn't. Right. Here's the thing. After watching this movie, I think it might be posture. Gary Daniels always looks sleepy and injured. Yes, like He true. just kind of... He's a sloucher. And... Jean-Claude Van Damme is a flamboyant chest puffer. Yes. So other than that, I think the two could be interchangeable. Yeah, I agree. Which means we should probably just get right to it. So it's time for our late return to Blood Moon from 1997. And I wanted to give a quick shout out to Vanessa Guerrero of the Kicking and Screaming podcast because she was on your podcast. And then mm -hmm. when I was suggesting movies to do, you're like, oh, Vanessa told me I got to watch that movie. And so it's like, true, yeah. well, sure. there it is. It's all full, full circle. We got to do Blood Moon. <laughs> The synopsis is martial arts action film finds a retired detective returning to action to stop a martial arts master with steel fingers who's killing champions from all sports. 
That's just top-notch writing. That is cut, just that's cut and paste. No notes. <laughs> <laughs> that is lazy on my part. Wait, that wasn't the back of the box. That's your copy, not the box's copy? That's from IMDb. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> I just grabbed it right before. I was like, oh, I don't even... Fantastic. I often forget to do the synopsis. So it's directed by Sui Hung Lung, I think, if I'm saying that horribly. Satin Steel, Lying Hero, and Super Fights were three of the things that he directed. Cinematographer is Derek Wan, who did It's a Mad Mad World, Fist of Legend, and Once Upon a Time in China 5. Fist of Legend is, no bullshit, my favorite martial arts film. Oh, yeah. It's great. Cinematographer. Our editor is Hung Poon. <laughs> Sorry. Hung Poon. Top-notch name. <laughs> I'm a child. Drunken Master, No Retreat, No Surrender 2. It has 135 credits, so very accomplished editor. We start in a gym where people fight right next to treadmills, which is something I thought was really lovely. Yeah, I think a lot of this film seemed like Jackie Chan inspired. Mm -hmm. So maybe they were looking at those treadmills thinking, okay, we got to do something with those treadmills. And then they killed the stuntman and they're like, okay, we can't put that yeah. in the movie. Yeah, it's not going to work. <laughs> the fighter here is Hakeem Alston, kickboxing champion who was in Mortal Kombat, which is... Of course, everyone recognizes this guy. He's the first guy to die in the Mortal Kombat tournament yeah. on the beach. He... Shang Tsung just pulls his soul out. Yes. <laughs> Shang Tsung wasn't even in that fight. That was some bullshit. Like, let's just get that on the oh, record. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he should be able to take souls out of somebody else's feet. That'd be great if the game had that option where you could just jump in and just steal souls <laughs> right. from other opponents. You're like, hey, hey, that was my corner. <laughs> Your soul is mine. Uh, he hears a mop fall over and then the villain's in the ring and it looks like Chris Angel, but it's it's Darren Shalavi. Yeah. Am I saying that right? That sounds right. Have you ever watched Strangers with Candy? Yes. He looks like Jerry Blank's friend from Strangers with Candy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So the whole time, this guy is obviously not a good actor. He seems like he's okay at martial arts and stunts. But when he's trying to be serious, it seemed like Jerry Blank and him were putting on a play in right. Strangers with Candy. He was getting real laughs from me, which I'm sure he was trying to be as tough as possible. But yeah. he just seems like a fucking clown. Yeah, he's got real Tony Perkis vibes from the movie Heavyweights. Ben Stiller okay. plays yeah. the... Uh... Yeah. To set the stage, he's got a little mask of a heavy plastic fan of the opera mask just on his eyes. Yep. Cape. Yes. A riding cape, tap dancing heels. Yes. And he wears parachute pants. Metal fingers. He's got two. He's yeah. got two fingers covered in metal. He's here for Hung Poon for sure. Yes. Oh my God. He sticks one foot up in the air and then challenges the guy to fight while holding the foot in the air. It's really amazing. Yeah, I think it's a wire trick, but if it's not, it's pretty sweet. You fight well, champ. All dressed up. No place to go. You don't have the killer instinct. I can show it to you. <laughs> Is that a fact? Well, maybe sometime we can go around or two. No time like the present. Or... You scared? What do you have, a death wish, man? Did you notice there's blood on the moon tonight? Yeah. And then he stabs the guy with his fingers and then does, I'm going to guess it's one of your favorite moves from the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, if I recall, he holds him up to the moon. <laughs> well, he like kicks... presents his body to the moon. First, he dick kicks him <laughs> up into an ultimate warrior press. Yes. And then in the ultimate warrior press, he presents it to the moon. It's amazing. I feel like I have it in my notes. Maybe I didn't. I think he just presents him to the moon. That's all, that's all I have in my notes. Yeah, I wrote it's... ball kick to suplex, question mark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when that moment happened, I was like... Uh, yeah, this is going to be perfect. Yeah, that's sweet. I really like that he's cute. He's not a sinister evil guy. I mean, he is, but he delivers everything. Yeah. Kind of a smartass, mm -hmm. like a teen smartass. So he's like, it starts off and you're like, oh, this guy's like an evil vampire style guy. He's like, <laughs> if you notice, there's blood on the moon tonight. Oh, yeah. But then after that, he's like, hey, you're a big doo-doo head, kick <laughs> face. I'm going to kick your ass. And you're like, what? What a tone shift. <laughs> yeah. I think he's a great villain. Yeah. You can't get a handle on him. Most of the rest of the movie, he's just, cackling maniacally to himself <laughs> he's without just... the acting chops to pull it off sorry i keep interrupting yes. you. <laughs> no he's just called killer too yeah that's all Fantastic. they give him oh, but don't man. they name him later when they're talking about the karate tournament they found him in don't they i think at the end they do but name? it's even on imdb and online no one ever says his name they just say killer Fantastic! Yeah. what a movie i know we then get a funky motorcycle riding, which I always appreciate, by a cop who performs mm -hmm. magic. It's Chuck Jeffries from Girl 6, Ghost Dog, and 12 Monkeys. He plays Detective Baker. Or Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah, this dude is dollar store Axel Foley, for sure. <laughs> Karate magic Axel Foley. He's wearing a full denim outfit. 
just shows up, does like a 360 jump over the police tape yeah. just to like announce like, hey, I'm here. And then he gives several awkward and sad high fives nearby guy. The cops <laughs> there are like, oh, great. Here comes fucking dollar store Axel Foley with his magic tricks. And sure enough, starts doing magic tricks. He yeah. says, I have this in my notes. He says, boys and girls, it looks like we've got ourselves a homicide. There's like 40 <laughs> homicide investigators there already. Yeah. Like, yeah, no fucking shit, Axel Foley. And then he gets very serious and he goes, the hell is going on? Yeah. And then he drapes a little napkin on the body. Like he's got to like he pulls it out protect of nowhere. the modesty of this human remains where it's like, no, this is an active murder investigation. Don't add napkins to it. Yes. Oh, I loved it so much. Just, just madness. Just two straight minutes of insane madness. Every acting decision, every yes. writing decision. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets yelled at by Frank Gorshin, who's the Riddler yes. from the original Batman TV show, who was also in 12 Monkeys. So these two got to work on two projects together. That's what a what a lucky break. <laughs> now, I have a theory about Frank Gorshin. Here. Okay. He sucks ass in this movie. <laughs> like, he is rage-fucking every line, just yes. screaming. He, he's flubbing lines. He's forgetting stuff. He's starting and stopping as if he has to remember the script and they didn't cut around that. Yeah. He makes no sense. And in the credits, it says special appearance by Frank Gorshin, as if like, what a treat to have the Riddler in your film, right? Yeah. I have a feeling that he was completely senile to the point where they were not legally allowed to employ him as an actor. So they had to say special appearance oh, right. get around employment laws because this was just a demented old man. <laughs> they just pointed at a script and let go. And they're like, we'll just have him say crazy shit. We'll shoot around it. That's my theory. Yeah. That's why I think it said special appearance by Frank Gorshin. Well, he's mostly just in one location, I think. So I think they just shot yeah. it all at once. There was a shot where they were in an elevator ride. They did the long one shot. Oh, he had to say yeah. like eight things yeah. and he fucked up seven of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, no, we're, we can't get a second take. This is the Frank Gorshin. Yeah. If you went to Comic-Con and said, Frank Gorshin, I have 80 bucks. Will you come shoot for three weeks for my student project? Frank Gorshin would say yes. Right. Like, this is not, like, the most in-demand actor of his time. He's available. Yeah, he's available is my yeah. point. <laughs> then I have in my notes that they go to, to Rob Van Dam, yes. the hardcore wrestler Rob Van Dam. He's playing pinball. I didn't know he was a wrestler. I had to look it up. Because yeah, I was no, like, was a, who is this guy? And the, Very, very famous in the 90s. They have him dressed really fluffy. And so I was like, oh, yeah. he's going to kill this guy. And then they have a very technical fight scene where I was like, he's spry for his size for sure. Yeah, he, he looks real thick, but he's very flexible. That was his thing in the wrestling. He would do a lot of Jean-Claude Van Damme moves. He would do the full splits. He always did the full splits. Which he does in match. this as well. I really like this love scene because this woman strips down to her bra. <laughs> she's rubbing her a... own breasts as she walks yeah, she's towards like, him. He's not even paying attention. And she's like, oh, I'm going to get all sexy for Rob Van Damme. Yeah. And so she is rubbing on, finally distracts him from the pinball game. And he just goes to town on her belly button. Just yes. throws her down and starts devouring her belly button. He's so bad at making love that she calls off the whole thing. Yeah. She's just like, all right, fuck this. We're not doing this. Whatever you're doing is not sex and I will have no part of it. Bye. <laughs> and then he screams at her. Obviously not a great performer. And that's, I guess I should point out that his fight moves are pretty good. Yeah. He's got smooth moves, excellent stunt work, fast paced for this movie. This movie's got really slow plotting choreography. And Rob Van Dam looked like he's got some heft behind his blows. Mm -hmm. I'm saying top notch work. But he also made these choices where everything that hit him He'd go, ah, yes. and like he's never even seen a fight or a martial arts movie. He's just like, okay, so a guy hits me in the shoulder. I scream in childlike pain for 40 seconds. You're like, no, I feel like that's a weird decision. Just maybe the biggest, worst, wrongest acting in the history of martial arts cinema. I feel like that's safe to say. It's He's a contender, at least. Yes. My favorite line is that he says, my name's Dutch. And then the killer replies, not after today, which is not how names work at yeah, all. No. Even if you're murdered, <laughs> you still have your name. They still call you by that. <laughs> you find anything? She found me, Crutch. The name's Dutch. It won't be after tonight. And it's a marvelous night for a moon dance. Okay, let's dance. I like how he says, okay, let's dance. After he like kills the woman. Yeah. But then like they retcon it later. Like, no, 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 he just choked her out. That's like he didn't really break her neck. We hear it snap. <laughs> yeah, she's dead. <laughs> 
he does not care. He just had a fight with this woman because she cut off their lovemaking. So he's like, okay, let's dance. <laughs> I, no one could perform it the way he did it. No. And then he just gets wrecked. He gets killed by the Rude Awakening, the Ravishing Rick Rude's finisher. <laughs> yeah. And then after he's dead, Killer goes, Why aren't you better? And then throws him out the window. He got killed 11 times in this fight. I, I wrote down kick, flip, neck break, question mark. Why, <laughs> yeah. And then why aren't you better? That's, yeah. Right. It is. I'm glad I'm here because I know the name of all these uh, yes. moves that they used. Yeah. Uh, You're like ball kick into suplex. I'm like, no, no, no that's a press slam. That's yeah. the ultimate warrior press slam. <laughs> these are all signature moves they've lifted. <laughs> yeah, they're all finishers. Detective Baker's got to get a partner. And then we get a family montage with Gary Daniels, who funky fights right. some people on a boardwalk. <laughs> God, what was that? <laughs> He's walking with a little girl down one of those little narrow beach sidewalks. Yeah. And then a guy on a motorcycle just comes barreling through at this little girl. And he jumps out of the way and hits a guy holding a beer and spills beer on him. And he's like, oh, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, I'm very sorry. Not, I'm very sorry a maniac almost killed my daughter with a motorcycle. <laughs> right. Just here's $20 to dry clean your old dirty t-shirt. Yeah. And he's like, no, karate fight. And they shoved the little girl. And so now he's like, oh, okay, I actually have to have a karate fight. I can't sheepishly walk away from a karate fight. <laughs> no. And he has a karate fight like inches from her face. Like, yes. Any of these moves could have accidentally decapitated this little girl. <laughs> very, very stupid. Yeah. And he's like, I didn't want to do it. And you're like, actually, you seem yeah. very much like you wanted to fight all of those yeah. people. Yeah, it seemed like you were super down for it. Yeah. But uh, I guess in a very heavy handed way, the writer says, OK, this guy's not aggressive he just trouble finds him and what can you do it's very classic i just never seen it so deliberate as this yes but now they're teamed up karate magic axel foley and karate dad <laughs> there's a picture of an old guy that looks like the same shidoshi yes. frank duke's head in Bloodsport. it's mm -hmm. not it was only the blurry photo it turns out it's a different guy with a very fake mustache uh, maybe it looked okay on vhs but you sent me a no uh, that's as good as it 720p looks. copy yeah and, uh, it was pretty clear this was a very fake mustache Gary Daniels also has a flashback here to, yeah, the I guess, the time he watched Rambo First Blood Part 2, because it's just that scene from Rambo First Blood Part 2. Yeah. After it finishes, he goes, not again! And throws, and throws all the police papers in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Never mentioned again, the flashbacks do not come up. I assume that was from Vietnam, just because in Rambo First Blood Part 2 it was. No, that was his last case. He got too close to the killer, and the killer almost killed him. Okay, so that wasn't Vietnam. That was just a random torturer who also seen Rambo First Blood Part 2. <laughs> yes. Okay. It was in theaters at the time. We learned that the killer really loves this Blood on the Moon animation that we're going to watch 19 oh. times in the movie. Oh, God. They were real proud of that. <laughs> so that was some, like... <laughs> That came, like, included with a CD on your first 1994 computer. Yes. Just incredible. It should have had a chrome sphere on a checkerboard. Yes. Uh, so the, the, <laughs> the bad guy is tightening his robot fingers. These aren't prosthetics. They're little, they have they're little metal sleeves that he puts his fingers into and cranks on with an Allen wrench. Mm -hmm. It flashes back. And again, I'm wrong here. My notes say it flashes back, but that's not actually what's happening. It flashes back to the time he taped himself murdering the karate teacher of Gary Daniels. But it's not a flashback. No. It's live. Yes. While he's filming it, he's broadcasting it to the police station as yes. an email attachment. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> and so they call over Karate Magic Axel Foley, and they're like, dude, check out this Kung Fu movie. And he's like, ooh, I like this Kung Fu movie. And then he's like, wait a second. I recognize this guy getting cut apart by a sword. This isn't a Kung Fu movie. That's Gary Daniels' karate teacher. I know where he is. Yep. I know this is live. I'm going to go do that. And then he also says, copy that transmission for me if you can. <laughs> yeah, she's like, all right. I don't think any of this is how any of this works. No. This guy is a, a hacker. Oh, yeah. I just don't think they had the technology to broadcast a live stream as an email attachment in 1997. No, not at all. This guy is Ken Kensei. He was in Black Rain, TMNT3, and The Hunted. Oh. So he's actually got some pedigree there. They ride his motorcycle to the dojo, but it explodes. And my favorite part about this is when he gets back, to, the chief goes, you should have had someone with you. It's like, why two people would have almost died in that case? Yeah, like, that wouldn't have helped. <laughs> they could have absorbed the explosion. Yeah. And then you would have caught the bad guy. I also liked how he killed him at the end of this fight because there's this martial arts thing in the real world where it's a lame thing for children to do, right? But in movies, it's like this magic thing that adults do and they gain superpowers. And yet... 
the line between those things got a little blurred here because while he was getting murdered by the sword, he fell into the reception area of this karate school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's like a little trophy case and a little cash register. And it's like, oh, no, no, this is like a real karate school. You'd like send your five-year-old. Yeah. And so then the place blows up. And I just thought that was really funny. He also finished him with a backflip onto his chest after just cutting him yeah. 200 times with a sword. Yeah. Again, another guy who got killed 11 different ways. Different ways. It's so good. It totally rules. They just went to a karate school they're like no this set is fine we'll just remind the audience that this is what karate is this is the stakes of this movie they're just going around guys <laughs> killing dudes that are like teaching fourth graders yeah also everyone's introduced later almost every time they're just like yeah. here's somebody that's fighting and you're like why are these people fighting and then the, the afterwards they're like this was this guy and you're like well, that's weird <laughs> it's not usually how a narrative works they then become partners and we get a clear boom mic drop which is pretty awesome. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That's a good eye. Yeah, um, there's four. What I did notice in this scene is that both of these guys are karate assholes, right? They're both very rude, uh, <laughs> yes. play by their own rules, loose cannon cops with yeah. karate. But the police chief is very nice to the white one and has not said <laughs> a single line to the black one that wasn't super, super cruel and demeaning or scolding. Yeah. I just, huh, I don't, I don't uh, that, that might mean something. It's like they kept going, Frank, um... <laughs> <laughs> you needed to dial it back a little bit. Right. Uh, yeah, that could have just been Frank Gorshin ad-libbing. Right. I scream at the colored one, right? <laughs> oh, Frank, no. <laughs> no, Frank. Oh. This is why you're a special appearance and not an actual employee. Right. They go to the burnt out building and fight each other because they couldn't tell it was each other. Um, I love that. And they're perfectly matched. Like high-fiving with their feet perfectly matched. Yes, it's really good. And then I love this next scene where Gary tells the chief that there was no sign of forced entry on the building that's completely exploded. Yeah, it's just like no doors or windows <laughs> left. <laughs> the killer didn't build the door, lock it, and then pick the lock. This is also the same there... scene where he says, this guy's way out here with technology. Yeah, that guy, to be honest, he is. The stuff I just described is completely impossible, as far as I can tell. There was a scene in this where Gary Daniels had a flashlight and Axel Foley had a, a gun. Uh, yeah. And then they were wrestling over the flashlight and they wiggled it directly into camera. Yes. And I was like, was this originally supposed to be a 3D movie or something? It was such an insane shot for a non-3D movie. Yeah. But it would have been rad as fuck in 3D. The flashlight wiggling right in your face. Whoa! <laughs> the flashlight. Some girl comes in. Uh, we're introduced to... Uh, the adopted daughter of Gary Daniels, this karate teacher. Yes. And she's such a bad actress. I looked her up. I'm like, she how, lives upstairs. how is this a professional actress? I guess she was like a talented Chuck Norris project. Yeah. So there's that. She looks like she's 16, 17 years old. And they treat her like that. They treat her like a child. <laughs> they do. Which makes it extra weird later when they have a curvy shower scene with her. Yeah. I guess I'm jumping ahead a bit. but um, <laughs> Oh, yes. Because first they have to go to a hacker because this computer guy is he's just next level. <laughs> Well, they take a ride in the Jeep, and we get our second boom mic drop into the scene. Oh. And then the online nerd I wrote has a stack of hot dogs and peas in a thermos, and all the music in this movie sounds like Enigma. That's right. It came in straight up on a Enigma-like chanting song. Yeah, it's like... Okay. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's, they paid a... Nope, nope, that's a sound-alike. Yeah, sound-alike. It's a disc you'd get at Natural Wonders in the 90s. <laughs> I counted five in my head. I wasn't actually keeping track until this scene. I counted five times where Karate Magic Axel Foley is like, all right, I'm in charge. You got to play by my rules. <laughs> yes. And it just he keeps hitting that. Like, dude, if you're here, you got to do what I say. And Gary Daniels never does. He's like, no, I'm giving the orders here. It's my name on the box. Yeah. You are absolutely bargain basement. Eddie Murphy, Axel Foley. Yeah, Axel Foley, Dollar Star Axel Foley is almost bipolar in that he's like either cracking jokes and making bad magic tricks, or he's just right. screaming at Gary Daniels <laughs> about how he's in charge. Like He is okay. so mean to him. So, like, get the fuck out of my office. If you need something, talk to my secretary, and she'll tell you to fuck off, you piece of shit. <laughs> That's almost word for word in the film. The nerd tries to sneak out the window and we see another boom mic in the reflection of the window. I don't even look Man. for these things. I was just like, oh, God, there it is again. Uh, the Such speech synthesizer scene where they track the signal. I just I think you're skipping past how they caught him <laughs> jerking off. And oh, yes. I couldn't tell if the little woman in the inset was a real woman it's or like a, a cyber it's, AI. It's supposed to be a cyber AI, I think. They're okay. like, this is how the future works now. Right, but like interactive. She's like, would you like me to take my bra off? And yeah. he's like... He's like talking to her, but also typing to her. 
and not typing words. Like he's hitting the F keys. So he's like F six, F seven. Like what are you, what are you typing, dude? Anyway, but this is their hacker. And then the bad guy contacts them while they're there. Yes. Like he, so he's got this place under surveillance, maybe. And he's in the blood on the moon CGI <laughs> sure logo sure too, that like animates into like this blood font. And they trace him. I want to say he turned on the his PC speaker subwoofer. I think that's what that was. Like, I don't, it's been a long time since 1997, but that looked a lot like a subwoofer for your PC speakers. Yes. So he's like, oh, keep him on the line. I'll trace him. And then he turned on like the, the turbo button on his subwoofer. What I don't know, but it, it was not a, a tracer. I can tell you that much. That right. This was not an email tracer. And then they do that thing in hacker movies where it's like, oh, he's in Beijing. No, Taiwan. No, Spain. No. Oh, he's good. He's good. He knows I'm here. Hell, this guy knows everything. Got you, you son of a bitch. Where? Beijing? No, wait. Tainan? Taiwan? No, that's just a blind. Anchorage? Los Angeles? Oh, this guy's good. It's so amazing. They have to this find a hacker. Sequence. They figure out he's right next door, right? They have a foot race to get Yeah, they have a foot race. It's super weird. <laughs> <laughs> the G-Force like, stuff, like which they set up a couple scenes ago, good for them. Super competent filmmaking. But then the foot race, there's no point to it. No point. And Gary Daniels like hops in the back of a truck and he's like, later. But he doesn't do anything. He just waits on the footsteps. <laughs> so Axel Foley has to run all the way there. They don't have a joke about that. There's no funny line or no, reason for no. this. They just shows him for a while running like two kids trying to outrun each other for yeah. no reason. And they do the same beat where Gary Daniels catches him. And then Axel Foley's like, no, I'm going to run a little faster. And then they repeat that. Oh I'm like, gosh. did they not want to waste that footage? Why do we need that beat three or four different times? <laughs> anyway, they find a little apartment with some bad guys in it. Yes. They do some real low energy Jackie Chan bits. Yeah. It's... They're like, hey, sit in that chair. I'll kick you in the chair. Then fall back in the chair and then do a little backwards somersault. If you watch Rumble in the Bronx or whatever, mm -hmm. any Jackie Chan movie in the 90s and slow it down. I'm not even kidding. One third to one quarter speed. <laughs> that's what this looks like. I'm not exaggerating for comedy. Right. <laughs> like it's like someone first tried did a Jackie Chan stunt and they're just like, oh fuck it, we'll just put that in the movie. Why not? Yeah. And then it shows Gary Daniels tying them all together with their belts, which I thought was yeah. interesting. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna hold too well. The graffiti here is real good. The set design, uh, uh the, the door fired that up they kicked down wasn't fired up <laughs> and high life. I guess they mean Miller High Life, which is that a street, a real nice beer. Oh super legit street tags. Fire it up. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. So they've survived the karate trap. They do find a computer there. Oh, that's right. Ha ha. It's like reading out their bios like Gary Daniels, karate dad. Not very brave because of a thing we mentioned earlier in the movie. Karate magic Axel Foley, not a good magician. Ha ha. <laughs> then the computer explodes. Yes. Uh, they also it's edited together with old timey royalty free cop footage from an old veiny cop <laughs> show. Yeah, yeah. A lot of work went into this. Just to taunt these guys from the karate trap, I guess he assumed they would survive because it's just five cranky dudes in a in an apartment. Like I don't even was that a mob money laundering place that there was no there's so nothing weird there. There's no crime being committed until they like, attacked the cops for being there. <laughs> well, the lady that gets a drop on him is just standing behind the door. I'm guessing yeah. always. <laughs> Yeah, with a shotgun, yeah. She's like, because they didn't warn them. They no. kicked the door in. She's just like, I'll stand here and just get brutalized by the door if it gets kicked open. <laughs> then wake up and shoot them with a shotgun. He kicks that woman in the face and started fighting. Oh, that's, yeah. how, that's how they get the shit going. Gary Daniels comes through the window and then he turns around and just heel kicks that woman's <laughs> skull off. I was a little troubled. Even in a Kung Fu movie, I'm like, it seems like someone really liked punching women right. in the face. Oh, no. They go to the 90s strip bar where my favorite ADR is a guy just yelling, serious action. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you yell in a yeah. strip bar. Then the little girl shows up, Kelly. Yep. And she follows him and it feels like they're not there to investigate. She's there and they're like, oh gosh, we got to get out of here. Yeah. Like they're embarrassed. Yep. And I'm like, wait, you're not there to investigate? You're just there to like, to day drink? Yeah. And then three dudes just immediately sexually assault her and <laughs> kicks the shit out of them. Like yeah. in a giant, they, everyone clears the floor and she's spin kicking them. Yep. The bouncers here suck. They just let the fight play out. They're like, hey, this little girl's beating these guys up. Let's, let's see what happens. That's it. But then the bad guy was in the crowd. Yeah, he's watching just from the bar. I guess he's searching for the chosen warrior at the lunch buffet of Sal's Titty Hut, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Just to 
just a day drinking serial killer. Um, oh gosh. They get a riddle. Uh, okay. So this like they're, part. they're not lost. <laughs> hey, I never saw this before. What? The last line of his message. Say goodbye to Jim, Gene, and the heroes. There's blood on the moon. What the hell does that mean? You got me. Maybe there's some kind of connection there. Uh, Jim Neighbors, Gene Hackman, Hogan's heroes. Uh, no, there's nothing there. Your mind works in weird ways. That is so close to the final riddle, though. It's so weird. Because it's just Kelly is the name of the girl. And those are all Gene Kelly and Kelly's heroes. Yeah. But that's the same structure of his first idea. Right. He's like, what if these are just the names of famous things? So goddamn dumb. It's like, amazing. They have the Riddler in their movie. <laughs> just ask He could have just said, yeah. <laughs> oh, guys, I can remember one of the old 60s Batman riddles that are better than that. Like, no. <laughs> then they, uh, this is the part I cut to too far ahead. I have it in my notes. Not very titillating. Because the, Kelly looks like a child. Yes. They treat her like a child. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing underwear like she wasn't expecting anyone to see. Like the very sensible cotton briefs for the working grandmother. <laughs> right. And she's in her apartment while the killer's there to kill her. And she's getting into the shower. And it's just like, are we supposed to perv out on this little girl? <laughs> right. What's wrong with this movie? I'm sure she's probably 25 years old in this movie. She just uh, looks very young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm saying the, the character is being treated like a child. Yes. Her performance is very childlike. She's like, oh, you're my Uncle Ken. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, I don't like this at all. There's a part where the detectives show up and the killer's right. in the kitchen on the ceiling. Yeah, classic <laughs> hiding place. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> you just shoot up to the roof and, and hold yourself there with tension. He's wearing so much like draped black clothes that if you're just like, it would all be, hit. Yeah. I don't understand what's happening. He climbed up that wall in tap shoes and they didn't hear it. <laughs> Literal tap, tap shoes. shoes. When one of his fingers is covered in metal. Yeah. Two of his fingers. He's not a ninja, that's for sure. Yeah. She's getting annihilated, like thrown through every piece of furniture in her house. Yes. Tries to kick him in the dick and he blocks it with a thigh squeeze. Yes. And then pulls her around with that same thigh squeeze. It's amazing. It's so good, which is also really indicative of this film's choreography, which is just so plotting. They'll throw a punch, and then with that same punch, they'll like throw a backhand, and then mm. with that same hand, they'll, it's just like, okay, one and two and, and three, yeah. it's over-choreographed. The bad guy <laughs> is now in a gunfight. Yes. Uh, Axel Foley has a gun, and he pulls a snack, snack machine out of the hallway and oh, like yeah. charges him, and yes. he can't shoot through the snack machine. And this is a fun fact. <laughs> I bet you didn't turn up in your research. That same year, 1997, Jean-Claude Van Damme also used a snack machine to save his own life in the film Double Team. Oh, my goodness. So that's fun. That's a fun fact. A lot was going on with snack machines that year. (laughs) Yeah. There was a scene where Mickey Rourke had landmined the Parthenon and then had a tiger in there. And Dennis Rodman and Jean-Claude Van Damme were running away from all the landmines going off at once. Because the tiger jumped on Mickey Wark, who fell on a landmine. And so it was blowing up this giant fireball, and they get behind a Coke machine. A very deliberately labeled Coke machine. Yes. And that's how they survive. Wow, I haven't seen that in a long time and remember none of that happening. Well, I mean, Double Team is maybe one of the most incredible films ever made. It's nine movies in one. I'll have to see it again. Much better than Blood Moon, in a non-ironic way, and in every (laughs) ironic way. (laughs) We'll be here all day if you get me talking about Double Team. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, next the killer leaps out of a window and lands in the back of a truck, and that's how he escapes, cackling like an insane person. Right. (laughs) Gary Daniels is so pissed off about it. He's so mad. Also, in this whole chase, Chuck, the other detective, is just firing an entire clip every chance he gets at this person who is not armed. (laughs) Well, he's got finger gloves. That's true. I think at this point, it's fair to shoot at him. I mean, he just beat the hell out of a little girl after watching her take a shower. I yeah, I feel like that's a justified shooting. Sure. If I was the I agree. internal affairs investigator, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a clean, sh- that's a clean shoot. Right. You're good to go. And then he'd like pull a little flower out and be like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you, got, you don't sound anything like Eddie Murphy, buddy. <laughs> we next get a great detective research montage where Gary puts his fingers in the pipe where the killer's fingers were. <laughs> Oh, so good. It's like, (laughs) putting it together is unbelievable. He's like, oh, like this. He's just fingering the pipe. All right. I had in my notes, I skipped over it. When Axel Foley first sees the guy looking at porn on his computer, he doesn't make fun of him because they caught him masturbating. He says, ah, cool, man. What button did you push? (laughs) 
and no one answered it. Right. He saw porn. He's like, oh, cool. Porn? How did you how did you get the porn on the computer? He also sees a piss-filled thermos and decides to smell it, which is like... Yeah, that was a weird move. All right. Oh, man. The guys have sushi and bond over the fact that they're both bad at marriage. Yeah. Gary calls Megan. They go to a carnival in what's the longest sequence of the film. Good God, it just goes on. I didn't even, I just put in my notes, like, what happened yeah. to the movie? Yeah. What is this movie? It's so But long. he's reunited with his family now. His estranged wife and his daughter, they're all together. Yeah. And then they solve what he's doing. <laughs> they find a dead body oh, God, with that's... his dying breath spelled out Cham. See, yeah, C-H-A, the M's kind of under his hand. And so for the right. longest time, they're like, cha, cha, cha. And then one of them says, wait, he's killing martial arts champions. champions. And I'm like, no, seriously, I thought that was a given. <laughs> I was like, all of these people he killed are martial arts champions. Yeah. I thought that was the premise of the movie. Yeah. But it was like. They didn't put it together yet. <laughs> it never occurred to him. I have solved Resident Evil puzzles harder than that bullshit. If, if there was an escape room based on this game, it would just be a box with a key in it, and the key would say, try indoor. <laughs> There's never been an easier mystery. Yes. Uh, uh, they say it's the master's challenge, and then the, we get the fourth boom mic that just drops in probably because oh, the guy's fantastic. falling asleep. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, he's just like, come on, guys. You're just now getting to the, the premise of the movie. <laughs> So Kelly tracks down the murderer. Yep. Kind of independent of them. And he's just hanging out laughing at himself. So hold it. That's the exact note I have. <laughs> he just loves karate murder. And so they go to arrest another guy from yep. the tournament. They're like, oh, it must be this guy from the tournament. Not the guy they just saw 90% of his face for right. like an extended fist fight. Oh, they yeah. have a picture of the guy they just fought. Yeah. Who just like said, fuck you, running away in the back of a truck. And they're like, what about this guy who's a different skin tone, size, body shape? Yeah. It's probably him. Anyway, they go to arrest him. He's out in the suburbs doing parties with the cocaine by himself <laughs> at 10 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like he's got like 11 lines of cocaine. Just, <laughs> all right, that's great. <laughs> Getting my morning started, right? <laughs> what, what, surprises, right? <laughs> all coked up it's gonna be awesome <laughs> he starts beating up the cops one of the shorter fight scenes yes but i love it how afterwards uh they're like i didn't even put up a fight like he put like nine <laughs> cops in the hospital yes <laughs> like, yeah. they know they don't have the right guy because yeah. that other guy was a little bit tougher yeah meanwhile uh, kelly sneaks into the killer's home right and then is very quickly caught by the killer right he also is out in the cute suburbs yeah it's kind of like a super weeb house with Asian furniture and 50 computers. So much evidence. So much. No movie has ever been like, oh, the serial killer's evidence. And then someone's in his house. Again, the mystery here wasn't, oh, wait, did this guy do it? Like, we know. Yes. We're a million miles ahead of the plot. And the plot's finally like, wait a second. This guy might have done it. It's like, there's literally no other characters in the movie. Right. You introduced one last scene so that we would have someone else to consider. It wasn't him. Surprise. So t Kelly just gets the shit kicked out of her mm -hmm. again. What, the second time in two days? <laughs> and then like he stands her up in the closet, I'm guessing. Yeah, because like on the coat rack, I think. When they show up, she just falls out of the door. She just falls. So I think it had to have been on a coat rack that he keeps <laughs> sort of near the door. So she's barely alive. Maybe dead. My note says maybe dead. Yeah. Carrie checks his pulse, but he's so unexpressive with his face that we right. can't tell as an audience if she's dead or not. No sign to the <laughs> viewers what that could mean. Nope. Checked her pulse. Don't really know how to do it, so I don't know why I did it. So there's now one million tons of evidence against this guy with two detectives standing inside that evidence. Yep. And the killer has left to hang out with Gary's family. I wasn't quite sure how he managed that. Did he show up and say, hi, I'm here to play with the daughter? Yep. And she's like, you seem like a maniac laughing at himself in tap shoes and a cape. Yeah. Come in and play with my daughter. He's in his wife's house. Yes. And he's like, you must come and get me. And I'm like, what the fuck? They're actively pursuing him. They're where he lives. And he's still like setting a trap so they'll come to him. Yeah. And I'm like, that's all they're trying to do, buddy. You don't need to do any of this other stuff. Yeah. But the, now the film has to get to a point where they're at an oil refinery or some kind sure. of factory because that's where all the fights have to end. I do like that Gary Daniels picks up a computer and uh, oh, yeah. Foley says, hey, that's evidence. And he says, ain't going to be no trial. Yes. And he throws that computer into another computer. And I was like. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I'm on. I love it. Yeah. So I'm not making fun of that part. Fantastic. No, oh, notes. no. There was another really cool shot here that I don't know if I've ever seen before, but he was traveling to the location for the final karate showdown. Yes, yeah. And he was like shooting across the frame. 
and they would cut to another location, shooting across the frame in the exact same angle and speed of the previous one. And they did that three times. And I was like, that's a really interesting cinematic way to communicate speed and travel. I right. don't think I've ever seen it before. It was just, I made a note of it that, hey, interesting choice. I, they, maybe they invented that. I don't, I just don't think I've seen it before. Uh, the triple zoom is a thing that they came up with. Yeah. The triple zoom. Yeah. The triple it, uh, zoom. Invented in 1997 by uh, Hung Poon. He, he gets the best notes, but gets none of the credit none, until never. today. <laughs> the bad guy welcomes them. He says, welcome to hell! <laughs> and, then, <laughs> okay. and then he says, Just... the, the end game has begun. <laughs> the end game has begun! Fantastic. It's like, all right. It's like he has no idea what movie he's in. Did you have a favorite move in this fight sequence? Oh, God. They were I, all... I got one that was... Okay, let me hear it. So the killer jumps, and Gary kind of swats his legs both open and then punches him in the gut, which causes him to fly backwards, to which he replies, Very good. Yes. And then he just takes off. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> so much of the fight was him running away, and I'm like, Why? But I feel like, I guess we should say that the reason Gary doesn't just shoot him immediately is because I'm the only one who knows where your wife and daughter oh, are. And yes, you're like, okay, maybe. But yeah. like, couldn't you shoot him in the leg or the dick or something? The idea that he will disclose the information if he beats him to death in a karate fight is like, I mean, <laughs> you're really taking a lot right. for granted here. But also, they're tied up with a stick of dynamite. Yep outside where they have no gags on their mouths so they could be screaming he would hear them they're yeah. like hey hey <laughs> we're over here we're over here there's no reason to they're, they're not in a hidden location that's my point <laughs> no if he would have gone to the location he could have shot him dead and would found him six seconds later there's no reason for this karate fight no the writer knew that and tried to be like how am i going to do this and just thought we wouldn't notice i guess or thought we wouldn't care but i do care in a movie like this i don't forgive the mistakes right <laughs> And you got four boom mics in your movie. I'm not like, maybe this was an artistic decision. Like, no, you're a bunch of fucking idiots. Yeah. Gary gets kicked in the spine like nine times in a row with his steel-toed boots. And I was just like, uh, okay. And then yeah, he's, he's not walking. Yet. No, he's unconscious upside down and Chuck's holding the rope and fighting the killer. But then Chuck yeah. gets the finger and kind of is, he's out of commission. We think maybe he's dead. Maybe he's mm -hmm. dead would have been a better title for this movie. Cause constantly <laughs> just like, maybe that person's dead. I don't know. I do like the setup for the fight. I guess you'd call it a pulley fight where yes. Axel Foley is tied to the thing where Gary Daniels is hanging upside down on it. And then he keeps trying to pull him up while he's just getting the shit kicked out of him by the killer. They each get fingered. I guess that's worth mentioning. <laughs> yes. But it doesn't kill them. They just have two big-ass finger holes in their guts. <laughs> yep. Maybe we should change his name from Axel Foley to Axel Pulley. Since he's using I do the, like that. He's using the pulley. Yeah. He gets knocked out and pulleys Gary Daniels up. Yeah. With his <laughs> completely unconscious body. <laughs> but he's uh, right back into the fight. <laughs> he knew it was coming too he's like dude i'm gonna get knocked the fuck out in this fight i gotta tie this rope around me so that i can do some good with my dead body after i die and then gary gets the finger but right before that they have a race up that they love fucking racing in this movie yeah, and so so much racing. gary's racing up and as the killer is and then gary starts doing this like what do you call that where you put your hands <laughs> and kind of like do a little hop crawl thing oh yeah i don't there's got to be a name for it the donkey kong jr climb it's he's, that's exactly what it is scooting up the wall <laughs> there's a scene in here where i swear to god gary daniels tries to do a jackie chan bit where he like rolls through some wood table. like with the speed of a dad looking for a lost toy like it's just so sad it looks like a lighting rehearsal like you're like what just a little urgency here buddy you're in a kung fu fight Right. We'll do it faster when it's not a rehearsal. And they're like, no, and that then, was the shot. Yeah. Hong Poon's like, dude, we're not burning film for another take of that. Right. It's in the movie. Move faster if you want to look cool, dickhead. <laughs> I guess he finally just annihilate the killer with an Ip Man combo. Just like 20 yeah. chest punches. Boots him off the construction yep. set. He's dead. Yep. He falls and... out of frame is all we know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like, he's dead. <laughs> hopefully dead. Like, it's a long fall after a pretty serious beating. Yeah. But... The dynamite is going to go off. He does not have time There's to get no to it. To he climbs back up. The wife and kid are like, just don't even try. We can see the timer. You're not going to make it. He jumps to, I guess, just die with them. Yes. And they do like, I swear to God, six different freeze frames of mm -hmm. like, each of them get a couple of freeze frames of them screaming. It's such a oh. weird choice to be like three, two, one, and then 19 freeze frames. And you're yeah, just like. It's absolutely a comedy take if this was a mad tv sketch or a, yeah. a mcgruber sketch or something it's just so silly he grabs them but surprise it's not real dynamite it's 
confetti <laughs> and a recording that says, ha, 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 ha. I'm not a child killer. Yes. No slaughter of the innocent. <laughs> like, if you win a karate tournament, I will kill you. But come on, I'm not going to blow up a child. Here's what I think would have been better, is if Axel Pulley had swapped the dynamite for the confetti, but yes. th then not mentioned it to Gary. So Gary's just freaking out. And then yes. when we see and Axel Pulley, he's like, he, 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 you know, does a And then he does like a little, that demonstrates that he does his magic. Like yeah. that's how good he is at magic. That magic never comes back into play. It's like someone writing this movie said, let's do Axel Foley. No, I can't just do Axel Foley. What if he, I don't know, had a hobby. Beekeeping? No. Magic would be pretty good. Yeah, he'd do some flash paper. He did do a flash paper at Frank Gorshin at one point. Yes. Frank Gorshin yells at him and leaves, and he's like, oh, fuck you, flash paper. It's like somebody saw Beverly Hills Cop and was like, what if David Copperfield played that role? Oh, I like it. Yeah. No, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. What if Eddie Murphy <laughs> was taught two magic tricks by David Copperfield and refilmed the entire thing? Much, much worse. That's, that's good. I like it. Let's keep it. <laughs> there it is. That's Blood Moon. Do you have any final thoughts? I am not a child killer. Ha, 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 ha. No slaughter of the innocent. Ha, 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 ha. No slaughter of the innocent is a great line. It is. Great. Well, there it is. SeanBaby.com, 1-900-HOT-DOG. Sean, baby, thank you so much for being here. It's a real pleasure. Awesome. And as always, I'm Dirk Marshall, and this has been VHS Presents New Releases and Late Returns. Let's <laughs> go.